I like that, Josh. If you guys are just now tuning in, that quote was from the one and only Tom Allen, head coach of the the IU Fighting Hoosiers of down south. They're number 12 in the nation football team uh, after the loss to Ohio State. But we'll talk about it here in a few. Plenty of opportunities. Um, there we go. We're working on it. Hey, it's our first time being on Facebook Live. <laughs> Here's – Here's what's throwing us off. We have we have been given the moniker of the number one biweekly Wednesday night sports talk show on Zoom on Facebook Live, and it's Tuesday. Obviously, tomorrow was the day before Thanksgiving. Everybody's – well, maybe not everybody has plans this year, but there, there's lots of things going – hey, Cole, what's up, dude? Hey, Cole. There's, there's hey, lots God. of things uh, going on. <laughs> so – this week, we're on Tuesday. Uh, shout out to all of our good friends at Taze River Brewing Company. Josh, in the group text, you said you had kind of like some uh, some details for the Thanksgiving weekend for Taze. Uh, yeah, they have $2 off growler refills tomorrow, and they're going to have a special opening on Thursday from 9 to 11, so you can get your carryout beers so that, you know, some of us, some of us love our in-laws. Shout out to Bill and Sharon <laughs> upstairs. I love my in-laws. But not everyone gets along with their in-laws, so they might need that extra growler to, to deal with the, uh, the holidays. So they'll be you know, you, 9 to 11 on Thursday. You can, you can kind of go on the flip side of that as well. If you get along with your in-laws enough, you need you the extra growler as well just to continue the party rolling uh, through, through Thursday night. Uh, so, again, 9 to 11 on Thursday, Taze will be open for carry-out beer uh, in growler form and in cans, and then obviously $2 off all day, really the rest of the night tonight until they close, and all day yep. tomorrow as well, tomorrow. right? Yep. So yep. Uh, go check our good friends at Taze out uh, sometime in between now and then. And, yeah, Chris representing on the flannel right there. Uh, and have them be part of your, your, your turkey day. That would be great. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, a lot of stuff to talk about today, guys, uh, and some, some pretty, some, some pretty fun topics. Uh, let's start, let's just, let's, let's hit the ground running. We've been, we've been, we've been doing the smaller stuff first and then getting to football. We're going to flip the script and we're going to do football and then get to some of the smaller stuff. Uh, but we're going to go, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go college, college, NFL, other if that makes sense so I, I guess I should say we will slide in uh college basketball before we get to the NFL but we're not going to save the NFL for last let's do college football first and Josh you sent out a text earlier I didn't even realize tonight was the yeah. opening night of the four team invitational that some people like to call a playoff even though it's only four teams for college football and uh Josh do you have to, off the top of your head who those four teams are uh yeah it's Alabama Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. In that order? Yes. Correct. So if the four-team invitational were to be tomorrow, it would be Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre mm -hmm. Dame? Mm -hmm. I, first reaction, guys, I think that's totally fair. Perfectly fine with it. Perfectly. Yeah. I mean, that's who we've kind of all along have been saying the last couple of weeks when we make our top four in that various order, um, that's who we've had. 
I've had Ohio State higher. I've had them lower, but I think mm-hmm. I think I would put them at four right now. Their defense, I think, is is really, especially their secondary, is really susceptible right now. I mean, IU torched them for 491 yards passing. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, we're all comparing four really good teams. So I mean, the yeah, I put Ohio State four, and I put Alabama one. And again, the, the four-team invitational is not today or this weekend. Right. And I think the funny thing is they have Notre Dame and Clemson playing each other, which theoretically they probably are going to play each other in the ACC championship regardless. So we talked about that a couple of times as well. So we just wait and see, really. But Josh, before we go any further, Nick wants to know, I noticed it immediately Uh you have on a tie, shirt and tie, with a quarter zip sweater, and you're drinking a glass of red wine for agree yes. to disagree. It's a it's a special night with special topics. I got my special guests here in the background who just can't get enough of it. So why not break out the special clothing, the special drinks, and let's have a good old time tonight. Did you literally put the tie on for the show? I can neither... I can either confirm or deny that allegation. Fair enough. Fair enough. The funniest thing is uh, not, not the tie. The fact that you're drinking red wine. Cheers. (laughs) Not planned at all. Not at all. I didn't tell anybody. That's Uh, crazy. No. Yeah. That's too funny. Okay. Hey, later, Cole, dude. Later, Bob. So, all right, Josh, let's let's go. You already brought up the or the IU Ohio State game. Kind of, what are your final thoughts on it? We talked about we thought IU would cover the spread. You actually had them cover the spread on one of your bets, and uh, we talked about how we thought it would be a high-scoring game. Partly because you know my only two cents are uh, when you have when your secondary continually leaves early for the NFL eventually you're going to have a hiccup, right? You can't re- you, you, you can recruit four and five-star guys, but sometimes they're going to be leaving after their junior year. And then, and then sometimes those sophomores are going to be studs and sometimes they're going to be duds. And this right. seems to be the cycle. Ohio State has had so many defensive backs drafted in the first two to three rounds of the NFL over the last three or four years. Even before the IU game, I thought it'd be a shootout because I thought that there's a secondary and the lack of talent uh, compared to what they've had in the past is caught up to them. Uh, you know, uh, I talked about this with my group of IU friends and we texted. I am not a big believer of moral victories and take this as a win and all that stuff. But I will say that this past weekend is kind of a moral victory that you can really get behind. Sure, they lost. I don't think anyone really picked them to win. Everyone just wanted a good game. Let's see how they really compare. Everyone was – not everyone, but a lot of people were saying – maybe this is just a flash in the pan. This isn't really the IU team. They haven't played anybody really tough. Let's see how they do against the big boys. And they played them tough. I mean, they took an early punch from Ohio State. They only took Ohio State two plays to score their first touchdown. And then Indiana comes down and they turn it over right away. Or I punted it right away, sorry. So they took the punch and they came back. And this wasn't a backdoor cover where they scored a bunch late with a backup quarterback. They rattled Justin Fields. I mean, Justin Fields had three interceptions last year. Get three on Saturday. So I think either you have to admit one of two things. One, Ohio State isn't good. Or two, I use really good and confuse them. So you can't really have, in my opinion, both of them. So I just hope, hope that this isn't a one-year thing and this is actually momentum building for the future. 
and this isn't me. I sent a text a couple of weeks ago. The problem with college football is when uh, Tom Allen has success at IU, just depending on the cycle before things can get good, will somebody make him an offer he can't refuse? I know he's an Indiana guy, but very seldom do coaches turn down that bigger paycheck. Would IU go up, and we'll get to this travesty in a minute, will IU go up into the Jeff Brom salary range of another two or so million dollars to keep Tom Allen at IU? I, I believe so. They He already makes more than Archie Miller. So they are putting the resources into football. He signed a seven-year contract last year extension. And for every year he makes a bowl game, they add a year to his contract. So in essence, it's a lifetime contract. Now, I know that people, you still buy out and someone can swoop in and all that. But I mean, in essence, he signed a lifetime contract. And, and IU has proven and shown that they're willing to spend more money than in the year's past. And I guess that's the end of the day. If IU ends with one loss on the season and they win a bowl game, then then we'll find out, right? I mean, he, he will be right up there with Luke Fickle. Uh, and Campbell's the last name, the guy out of Iowa State. They seem to be some popular choices. But, uh, I mean, if Fickle says no to Michigan, I don't think they need to look much farther than Bloomington if they want somebody who's proven they can get results. Just, I mean, he, his stock is, is skyrocketing right now. Sure. And then, yeah. and then, I mean, it's one thing to, to, to pony up to keep him from going to Louisville, but Mich- Michigan's got Michigan's one of the five or six schools that has monopoly money and they'll make you say no, because you don't want to go, not because somebody can match their offer. Right. right. So, there's obviously there's a lot of what ifs, a lot of what ifs, but the overall, I agree with you. The game itself was it, it, when it got to be like 21, nothing or 21, seven, I believe. It, I mean, it was 21. It was actually 35 to seven at one point, right? Yeah. Ohio state scored right for the second, or right at the end of the first half, got yeah. the ball, marched down and scored. It was 35 to seven. And for IU to come back, I mean, it was, it was impressive. It was very impressive. Uh, yeah, I, I was impressed with their defense, too. I mean, like you said, they rattled fields. And we haven't seen fields be rattled yet. I mean, that offensive line had pretty much kept him untouched for the previous games. Um, and you saw him throw three interceptions. And before that, he had more touchdowns than he did interceptions, which was an impeccable well, stat. By more, the than incompl- more touchdowns than incompletions. More touchdowns than incompletions, incompletions I should say. But then, you know, the three interceptions uh, that get day, again, uh, IU secondary got to – or IU secondary did well with the interceptions, but it was the pass rush that got to fields. So it will be interesting to see, like you said earlier, how will some of these better teams play Ohio State going forward, teams that have that pass rush? Pass rush. Well, Chris, you said better teams. Have you looked at Ohio State's schedule? yeah they don't have anybody left they don't have anybody that's better it's pretty pretty easy it's kind of a cakewalk for them now they just gotta stay focused to get until northwestern until northwestern in the possible championship uh so uh josh any worries about maryland at iu on saturday or might be friday i haven't looked Uh, it's it's saturday but as an iu fan you always worry about the next game sorry (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's flip over a little bit. Obviously friends of the show know that Chris and I are Purdue guys and, uh, 
Purdue, Chris, I want to get your take on it first. Purdue lost and all of the attention after the game at Minnesota was on the offensive pass interference. Mm -hmm. And the, the right angle, the correct angle, shows the, 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 the tight end before his arm extends. But before it extends, the defensive back is grabbing his arm a little mm -hmm. bit as well. I thought it should have just been a no call both ways. It didn't look like it was a push off to me. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's focus was on that and forget that the next play Plummer threw into quadruple coverage to a guy who's five foot six over the middle for an interception. So it wasn't, it was with 52 seconds to go, not with two, yeah. but Chris, what's your overall takeaway from the game? I thought Purdue came out really sluggish. Um, the defense, um, the thing with Minnesota coming into that game, they already had about 20 personnel out. That included players and coaches. Um, they didn't, here's, so, the thing. here's the thing. P.J. Fleck made it sound like 20 starters were out. He did. It was like a bunch did. of grad assistants. Yeah. So stop what they had 20 people out. Right? But, they won 10 games last year. But Fleck is going to row the B.S., to try to always, save his own always. ass. So screw the 20 people out. Purdue still sucked to start the game. Sorry. It's they they did. No, no, they, they did. But what I'm saying is going into that game, I was reading online like many of you did on Twitter and saw that, that 20. And I'm thinking in my head, oh, this is going to be great. Like you, we thought they were actual starters. And that was not the case at all. And again, you, you just touched on that with, with Fleck and how he does his own thing. But Purdue just, their defense could not stop anything in the first half and really couldn't stop Minnesota until the, the fourth quarter when they had to, um, although they had them at third and long a couple of times and still we didn't get any pass rush. We didn't get any pressure on the quarterback to make those stops. I was very impressed with Plummer um, coming back. It was it, his first game this season. Um, and really, if you take that pick out and if you add that would be touchdown, he threw almost what three or four touchdowns. Uh, during that game and he looked great I mean he stepped up in the pocket rushed when he needed to got out of some things that I don't think O'Connor could have gotten out of going back to the call though everyone wants to talk about the call what they do forget is there was 52 58 seconds left Minnesota could the way they were playing could have gone down the field and scored um, to win the game so we can't say that that did cost them a game because let's keep in mind we missed two field goals, two field goals. One was just a line drive. Anybody would have blocked it. It was low. And then the last one was just what wide or just to the right of the upright. So you, you make those two field goals. You don't even have to worry about that would be pass interference call or that. Here's my, touchdown. here's my problem. Lindsay, Ben, I a hundred percent agree that the offensive pass interference was terrible. Oh, it was the one worst of, call. One of, yeah. one of the worst offensive pass interference calls I've ever seen. Yeah. And I, I still think that that official should be fired. He should not be in that mm -hmm. position. He, make him be a different spot in the crew. He is not capable. That one call alone should disqualify him from officiating mm -hmm. Division One college football, really just about anywhere. 
st- stand them on the line. Just make them watch offensive linemen to see if they jump off sides. And if they don't, just stand there and be quiet. That official is trash. But that's not where I'm going with this, Chris. I'm going with this. What you just said a second ago, Purdue, slow starts. Purdue, apparently I'm the only one who saw on Twitter that Minnesota was going to try to run the ball between the tackles before the game started because Purdue sure as hell didn't know that, right? The first half, the dude had like three rushing touchdowns. And it goes back to what I brought up with Tom Allen. Purdue took Jeff Brom from Western Kentucky and he came in and had excitement and said all the right things. And we went to some farming camping world series bowl game in San Francisco and we won in a shootout. And everybody was all like, Oh, Jeff Brom. Great. Wait till he brings in his own guys. He brings in Plummer, but for some reason Plummer didn't start the first few games even though he's more athletic than O'Connell, who was a walk-on, he brings in Karloftis. He brings in Bell. He brings in Wright. He brings in uh, number four, who's always hurt, right? Rondell Moore, right? Why? Oh, and then Louisville wanted him after, what, two seasons? Mm-hmm. And Purdue, you, you got to spend money to make money. But – where, why am I the only Purdue fan who says Jeff Brom should be firmly on the hot seat at this point? As of right now, he is a waste of money. What is he doing? He has the same record. He has, he has, he has the same record through three and a half seasons as Danny Hope. And his trajectory is going in the wrong direction. Danny Hope went to bowl games in his third and fourth year. They're the best two years he had after he started off and they fired him for going to a bowl game in his fourth year. And now you're telling me Jeff Brom, who's an offensive genius has can't move the ball against Northwestern. He can't win every year so far. He's lost as a favorite to a directional max school in one of the first games of the season. Everybody wants to go back to 2018 that Ohio state win, which I was there and it was a ton of fun. All I'm saying is let's hold Jeff Brom accountable. You don't get him. You don't get to be the highest paid employee in the state of Indiana and go up and lose to a sorry boat rowing school up in Minnesota. So at this point, I'm not saying fire Jeff Brom yet, but when we get blown out by 30 to IU in a couple of weeks, I think I think it's got he's got to be on the hot seat. Why are we paying him with incentive and with his with his Nike contract about six million dollars? Like the fifteenth highest paid coach in the nation. The only other coach in the top twenty five whose team sucks is Kentucky. As far as highest paid coaches, so all of a sudden, like, yeah, Jeff Brom, the promise was there, but like, we're still living like it's two thousand and eighteen, that magical Saturday against Ohio State. And we haven't done anything since. So all I'm, saying is, all I'm saying is every week when we lose, there's an excuse of if this, then this. At the end of the day, he's the highest paid employee in the state of Indiana. And we are so we are not getting our return on investment as of right now. With all of the offensive talent, you have we have, we have NFL players on the team and we can't beat Minnesota. I mean, I don't know. Let's keep in mind, too, that 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 Minnesota team, though, uh, preseason beginning of the year, they were a top 25 ranked team and then they fell off the cliff. I mean, 
they had some injuries too. That first game against Michigan uh, that they had, their kicker was out. They had to go for it on fourth down almost every time because they couldn't punt. They couldn't do anything. And when they did punt, it went like 10 yards. But I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for Purdue or anything. I'm just saying that that Minnesota team was a top 25 team at one point that preseason people thought with their players. The thing that I didn't understand was we all knew they were going to run the ball. They had one of the top rushers in the nation. We knew he was going to run the ball. But for some reason, Purdue didn't seem to know that. Now, with uh, with Brom, he, he had absolutely nothing when he came in. That cupboard was bare. It had nothing. That's the only was- good year he had was when it wasn't his players. He came, so, the the, the when, excuse that he came in with nothing, that was, the, that was his best season, Chris. Was part of the, part of the, side, side oh. note, side note, we, gotta, we wanna make sure we keep an co- eye on the comment. <laughs> ben, ben Hewitt, yes, Harbaugh is doing terrible now. I guess I didn't mean just this one particular sample size. Harbaugh's record at Michigan is actually pretty okay, but he won't be there next year either. That's conversation, yeah. conversation yeah. for another day. Wasn't part of the, the fun of when Brom got here was all his little trick plays and his gimmick things. And they were really gimmick, they weren't. He wasn't just running trick plays to run a trick play to fool you. They were actually well-designed plays. When was the last time that Brom called a a trick play or a fun play that worked? Like, he has two outside receivers. I, I don't consider Rondell Moore a receiver. David Bell is a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Rondell Moore is more like a, a, a gadget player, but he's still good. I mean, don't get me wrong. But he has so many tools to use, and he's not using it right. Like, Brom was a, a trickery guy, a little fun guy. Use it. Put some like, put some action was, back in. Hundred like, percent agree. Where's the where's the gunslinger? Yeah. Right. So again, my whole point isn't to fire Brom after one game, but his body of work. And as as Purdue fans, we we make excuses for this guy. His body of work says that he should be on the hot seat after they lose the bucket game by 30, when they lose the bucket game by 30. It's going to happen, Chris. I mean, so just all I want to say. I don't think it's going to be by 30. I think it'll be. I think 35? Be I think less than 30. <laughs> less than 30. So I'm, I'm not putting the spread at 30. You get my point, right? I, like, I, no, I get what you're saying. The I, only year, the only year Brom overachieved or achieved at all was the year that Purdue fans say the cupboard was bare. Now that we have some people who are going to get drafted, we should not be winning half our games. That's all I'm saying. And and so the attention is going to be the pass interference, and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. But let's not lose sight that back-to-back weeks, the offense for the majority of the game was a dud. And we have – an offensive coach you're playing a good northwestern squad which was in our off week from agree mm-hmm. to disagree and like josh said where's the creativity like oh northwestern you're good at defense we're gonna run some crossing routes maybe an out maybe a post something you guys see every day we're not gonna do we're not gonna do anything terribly creative to try to throw you off but here's the question then too if purdue if that purdue does does not get that pass interference call on them and we end up scoring and we ended up going to win this game. This conversation's a moot right now because no, Purdue would only have one you, loss. 
it's not a moot conversation because he still only would have a one game lead on Danny Hope through three and a half seasons. This, the conversation might be delayed an extra week, right? Who, I was who, who does Purdue have up next? Uh, I was one that side note real quick. They have Rutgers at home. Now Rutgers, we're really going to yeah. find out. Are they better? I mean, Rutgers at home. The, the fighting Shianos. <laughs> I know. I know. But I was willing to have this conversation after the dud against Northwestern. So anyway, it's not going to go away uh, unless they run the table. Right. And I've been wrong on here before. God knows. <laughs> uh, but uh do, I think we all do. We Do we all agree, uh, before we get away from college football, on those four teams being the final four as of right now? Yeah. Yes, as of right now, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So highlight a couple of things for us uh, because the next time we're on here on Agree to Disagree, things could look dramatically different. Very much. Notre Dame, and I, I highlighted this two weeks ago, Notre Dame, this is the week. They're at North Carolina. North Carolina is back in the top 25, back to playing good football, and it's at Carolina. So uh, that was the one game for Notre Dame that I said, you know, they could lose that game and still get to the ACC championship game, but I think if they lose that game, see you on the four-team invite. Absolutely, and I will touch on that in our cold, hard locks. Ooh, later nice little teaser and the other game to highlight for this weekend is the iron bowl auburn back in winning football back in the top 25 at alabama with minimal fans i still believe which we talked about how that benefits not having just that sheer noise going on so a couple of games to highlight uh but as of right now we're all agreeing to agree that those are our final four teams as of right now yes yes Let's shift just a little. Let's keep it with college just for a couple of minutes before we get to the NFL. Uh, tomorrow, guys, college basketball starts, and there are a hot mess of games. I'm going to throw some 10. I'm going to throw – I mean, I think there's like 90 games. I think I'm going to do like six or seven, eight to ten team just parlays and see if I can't just get rich quick. Oh, I bought an extra fire stick just for tomorrow so I can just sit in front of my TV and watch multiple games at once. Nice. Now, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk uh, more in depth later. Most of the games tomorrow are not marquee matchups. There are zero games between two ranked opponents. Uh, uh, if I looked right, the, the maybe the best on paper game is number three Villanova at Boston College, who's at least in the ACC. So beyond that, it's a lot of directional schools I've never heard of going against bigger schools or directional versus directional. But if it's on TV, I might turn it on. And it's basketball, which we haven't seen since what, March 14th? College basketball. College basketball. Yeah, 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 college basketball. Yeah. Real Uh, basketball. Sorry. Real basketball. (laughs) So, really, all we're going to talk about for college basketball, guys, is just curious preseason, your top four in the Big Ten. And if you don't have Josh IU, Chris Purdue, if you don't have them in your top four, uh, where do you kind of think they're going to go? And I believe uh, Sports Illustrated and CBS Sports both had, I think, Purdue uh, projected to go ninth in the Big Ten. And I, think ninth, they, yeah. and I think they both had IU sixth or seventh, mm-hmm. uh, depending on which one of them had them sixth, one of them had them seventh, right. just to give us a little bit of uh, base layer to talk about. So, uh, Josh, first, we'll, we'll, let's do this first. 
who you got, what's your projected top four from four to one for the big 10 college basketball, of course. I've got four. I've got Iowa. Now look, right. they've got, they got Garza. They got a preseason Naismith award winner. They got, they have no defense. I mean, uh, yeah, no zero. <laughs> they, yeah. they made Purdue look like the Harlem Globetrotters last year at Mackey. I think Purdue, what? I think they just hit another three almost a year later. Like Purdue smoked no him at Iowa too. Yeah. Right. Now I was good. Don't get me wrong. But to win the Big Ten, you have to have some defense. Because you have to make a stop at the end of the game. You just can't let them keep shooting threes. Mm-hmm. So I have Iowa in my top four, but they have absolutely no defense, historically bad defense. Three, I've got Michigan State. I just think it's – I think you just have to write Michigan State down because Izzo is still the coach. Uh, two, I've got Wisconsin. They return, I think, all five starters from a team that won the Big Ten mm-hmm. last year. And I, I think ever since I've been born, they finished in the top four in the Big Ten. Don't look me up on that. That's false. But at number one, I've got Illinois. I just I think there are hands are ahead above everybody else. They've got two draft picks that will that decided to come back this year. Don't know why, but they did. They want maybe they want to uh, play for Brad Underwood. I wouldn't want to, but that's just me. But uh, so I got Illinois number one. So real quick, give us just a speed rundown. Four. Iowa. Three. Michigan State. Two. Wisconsin. One Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Chris, what about you? A very similar list. Um, I'll start with number f- uh, my number four, which is currently the fifth-ranked team in the country at Iowa. Um, again, for the same reasons Josh just said, they have no defense. You do have the National Player of the Year, um, a guy that's almost averaging a double-double from last year, 23 points, nine rebounds. Um, he's Mr. Do Everything for them. Um, and teams doubled up and started to figure them out towards the end of the season. Um, but they can't play defense. And hopefully that's something that they get corrected this year. Uh, three, uh, again, it's Michigan State. Yeah, they lost Winston. Um, and they lost uh, Tillman off to uh, the NBA or to the yeah. draft. Um, so those were their two best players um, on their team. But again, it's Michigan State. In Michigan State, no matter how good they start off or how bad they start off, they always end up peaking right towards the end of the season, right before the Big Ten tournament. Um, so never count. I've always learned, don't count Michigan State out as long as Izzo's with them. And I hate saying that, but it's true. Um, number two, I'm going to go with Illinois. Illinois has one of the, um, you know, they got one of their top teams or starters returning. Um but, I mean, they had so many people from last year returning. Um, and you, you got uh, Kofi – what's his last name? Coburn. Coburn. There we go. <laughs> uh, one of the Don't top players in the league. No, no, do not, do not. Do not. It, it, it does not look like how it looks. It does not sound like how it looks anyway. Uh, but he's one of the top players in the league. Uh, maybe one of the top players in the country, a seven-footer. Um, their center. Um, and they got a good recruiting class coming in. Number one, I'm going to put at Wisconsin. Um, they returned five seniors, um, and they were also, I believe, if we would have had the Big Ten tournament, I believe they were the number one seed last year. So they um, they, they return um, a lot of a lot of those guys. Let's face it, Wisconsin basketball is not sexy, but they do get the job done. And when they went up there, um, they win. Usually, they always come in. You know, it's one of those teams, just like Michigan State. You can't count them out because they're always there in the end no matter what, they'll sneak up on you. 
and I think uh, Wisconsin, they're currently ranked seventh uh, nationally right now, preseason. Um, they're my number one. So again, Chris, real quick, yeah, you so had quick, four. So I go Iowa at four, Michigan State at three, Illinois at two, and Wisconsin at one. And Josh, do you have Iowa at four also? We had, we, we both had four and three the same, and then we two. flipped our one and two. Well, I have Michigan State not in my top four. I have Iowa at four for the same reason you two guys gave. Uh, I mean, they offensively, they're going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten. But if you can't play great defense, you're going to lose a couple of away games, and it's just going to drop you down a little bit. Uh, nobody said this team. I was going to have them go higher, but I like one and two so much more. I got Rutgers coming in third in the Big Ten. Um, they bring back a couple of guys. Uh, Baker is one of their main guys. And uh, they were going to make the NCAA tournament last year. And they were forced to be reckoned with last mm -hmm. year. I think they're supposed to be a little bit better this year. I got Rutgers at three. Illinois at two for the same reason you guys gave and Wisconsin at number one. So uh, we've all three have Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa somewhere in our top three. You guys have Michigan state in your top four somewhere. I've got Rutgers coming in third. Uh, so Josh, top you 24 too. Josh, you yeah. don't have IU in your top four in the big 10. Where do you got? Them? I, I, I didn't want to, pinpoint where I've got them I've actually got IU Purdue in the same boat the same tier I've got them anywhere on my rankings here anywhere between five and nine I really don't see how either one of them can drop below nine and I really I really don't see how either one of them can crack that top four I mean like what you said with Rutgers I mean I, I had them as my fifth but you know mm -hmm. all those teams right there are five and nine so I really don't think that either IU or Purdue could sneak into the top four but you never know, I guess. Yeah, I like the way I like the way you phrase that, Chris. What about you? Did you have a number in mind, or no? I I, I kind of looked at it as you you know your top tier, your middle tier, and then you just have the the kind of the leftover leftovers, the low hanging fruit. Nebraska um, guys, and Northwestern. Correct. Um, you know the thing about Rutgers too. You know they're right on the cusp there of being in that top four. Um, they they had the most returning starting minutes with their starters. Um, but looking at Purdue and IU, again, I, I see IU can be as high as five. I don't see Purdue getting as high as five. Um, they, I, I think they're just too young this year. Um, and, and you're replacing, um, you know, the, they didn't have a lot of shooting last year. So can we find a shooter? Um, you know, we bring in a registered freshman, Brandon Newman, who's supposed to be a lights out three point shooter. So we'll see if he can come in and, and fulfill that. But we got Eric Hunter Jr. who's hurt early in the season. So he's out six to eight weeks. And, uh, you know, who's going to be your, you know, your backup, your backup center is a seven foot four Zach Eddy, who's only really played two years of basketball. Um, and then looking at IU, yeah, if they can get out and run and maybe run like an Archie Miller type of offense that we've known he's ran at Dayton in the past, he's got the players to do it. Uh, Christian Lander, their top ranked recruit coming in, uh, five-star point guard, uh, j just going to be a, a – think of Yogi Ferrell in a way. Not as – I don't think he's as good as a scorer, but as a passer. Oh, you don't think no, so? No, it, it, it will – Yogi Ferrell started on that team when he was a freshman. And they were a top five team in the nation. Yeah. Christian, I believe that Christian Lander 
I, I would bet he won't start tomorrow. I don't, I don't think, think he's, he's ready. one and done. Though. I don't Do think, think I don't think he's no, no, I don't even think he starts the game tomorrow. I don't wow. think he starts half the games this year. I think he's a little ways away, to be honest with okay. you. Don't forget, he reclassified, so he's he, he's no, younger he than your normal younger. freshman. He is, he is. Um, you know, I, I I've always I say that player. so he doesn't leave. I hope he's listening <laughs> right now, and and I put Rob a chip Finn- on his shoulder, and maybe he plays. Uh, Rob Finnessy is one of those guys I wish Purdue had on our team. Um, I just like him as a leader. He makes those tough shots when someone needs to step up. He steps up and takes that three. Um, and uh, Jerome Hunter, who I believe was injured last year. Uh, or two years ago. Out, two years ago. Um, he was a top-ranked uh, recruit, too. He was a top-40 recruit. Um, and, you, of course, you got Tracy Jackson Davis. So if they can run and get up and down the floor, yeah, I can see five. But a lot of question marks for both these teams. Well, we don't know anything. Right, they haven't played right. forever, no. first of no. all. But I started laughing while you were talking because Lindsay says five to nine, dot, dot, dot. That isn't a commitment. And while uh, – and then Josh commented on behalf of agree to disagree, but he's <laughs> right. If you're defending yourself from the agree to disagree handle, you got to get your own profile in there to chime in. I said – but he's right. No, I know, as if like, <laughs> as if, like a third party was commenting on it for us. Uh, <laughs> well now you threw it under the bus and i'm the one doing the commenting <laughs> i know i had to uh josh i, I you're right obviously right anybody they both seem to feel like five to nines but the question was where do you think they're going to finish so i think michigan state's probably going to come in fifth i'm going to have the boilermakers doing what they always do and overachieving coming in sixth and i'm going to have the fighting archies just living up to expectations and coming in seventh. So I've got Purdue finishing just one spot ahead, just one spot ahead of IU in that five to nine range. I kind of put him right back. I put him on the upper half of that five to nine range, but uh, got him in there tomorrow. But man, IU plays tomorrow. Josh, what time? Uh, eight, well, we hope it goes through. They're, the coach of Tennessee Tech tested positive for COVID yesterday. They were still supposed to drive up today. We'll see if it goes on. Smart thing would to do to cancel so that IU can play in the Maui Invitational in Asheville, where we can get some. Not, re- I don't mean to say real challenge, but you play Providence and and then either North Carolina or Texas. That's probably a little more of a challenge than Tennessee Tech, but oh, for supposed sure, to tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. supposed to be tomorrow at eight p.m. We'll see. There you go. And then, and then uh, Pur- Purdue plays Liberty six p.m. Five. Good thing you're not. Pl- good. Good thing oh, you're not playing football. Now? Oh, well, you want to get me fired up about firing Jeff Brom. Watch us get blown out to Liberty in football. No, Purdue, plays, Purdue plays Liberty tomorrow. Uh, Yahoo says 5.30, Chris. CBS Sports. Gotcha. Is that a multi-team event or is that a one-off? No, that's a Space Coast Challenge. So it's a multi-team event. Okay. It's a multi-team event, yeah. I, and, I, and I couldn't tell you the other teams that are in there. I probably look that up. It's set Melbourne. It's got to be in Florida, not Australia. Yeah, uh, that would be correct. <laughs> they're, they're I, don't think, I don't think they're, they're allowed to travel to Australia and come back without quarantining for two weeks. No, <laughs> I know. We're just going to play the whole season in Australia. That way we don't have to play Iowa or Wisconsin or Illinois. <laughs> uh, hey, real quick, before we shift gears, uh, Dustin asked a question about a local high school kid who's got a huge upside uh, transferring allegedly out to uh, Utah. Uh, I did hear about it, but until they've committed to college, uh, 
really I try to try to stay away from. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything else. I don't know any details, but it sounds like the kid's probably going to be recruited uh, by oh, some he's, of the he's, dogs. He already has a Gatorade commercial. I mean, the kid is that. I mean, he's a stud. I mean, he's already got offers from Purdue and IU already. Um, a couple of other offers from the Big Ten and him going out west will just increase his exposure. He does have an injury right now. So um, he's going out to real Salt Lake prep in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, it's a first year basketball academy. I know there's other ones out there. I don't know why he, they chose Utah. Yeah, did, you happen to look, did you happen to look it up and see if they have a Dan Marley as their coach? Did he leave Grand Canyon State or something? I, I did not look to see who their coach was. I don't know what the okay. correlation or relation, how they found that. Um, but one thing is apparently their season um, does end a little later. So with his rehab, his rehab is ahead of schedule. The, the thinking is he'll be able to play sometime within their season. So I don't know if that played into it. Not really sure. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I have no idea either. But uh, let's, uh, let's shift over. Uh, to a little bit of NFL talk, guys, I've got something for us here in a few minutes, something new. We, we talked about kind of the scrap heap quarterbacks. I've got, oh, some, yeah. I've got some of the young studs in a minute. Uh, but the reason our number one rated biweekly Wednesday night show is on Tuesday is because tomorrow's the day before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, as of right now, the Baltimore Ravens have uh, COVID running through the building. As of right now, three games for Thanksgiving Day. The, the, the noon or the one o'clock game is the Houston Texans at the Lions. 4.30 is the Washington football team at Dallas Cowboys. And the 8.20 game is the hopefully the Ravens at the Steelers. And obviously, football-wise, the Ravens-Steelers is the best one of the three. The other two are just hot garbage. But my question for you guys is, it's Thanksgiving. You got a belly full of turkey. Traditionally, do you guys kind of have a routine where you eat at the same time on Thanksgiving? Is one of those time slots your traditional game you watch? This guy's just kind of curious. What's your traditional Thanksgiving Day routine, Chris? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I love this question, actually. I mean, this Thanks. when you when you think of Thanksgiving, you always think of Detroit and you think of Dallas. Those are the two teams that have traditionally always played. For me and my family, we used to, well, aside from this year due to COVID, um, we always went to my uncle's house and we have like 50 people, 50 plus people, um, big family gathering. And uh, the, the Detroit game's always on and we always eat at one. So that Detroit game is just getting started. I'm hanging out, talking with my cousins and everything. And we're watching Detroit. And um, so I've always kind of rooted for Detroit on Thanksgiving, uh, unless they're playing the Colts, which they have before. And Manning toast, you know, he went off on them. But anyway, um, yeah, I always watch uh, Detroit. And then Dallas, um, I usually come home and take a nap. And sometimes it's on. And if it's on, yeah, I mean, it's football. It's going to be on. But for me, it's, it's always been Detroit. What about you, Josh? Um, we usually eat at 1 o'clock, and we always have the game on in the background. But let me tell you something. This year, I won't even bother with it. I will not put on football until my wife tells me to at 8.15 p.m. to put the Steelers <laughs> game on. My TV will be on Gonzaga, Kansas. 
In oh, there it is. College basketball. One versus six. I mean, come yep. on. Two days into the basketball season, and we've got this great of a matchup? Mm-hmm. Oh, so I'm going to eat myself into a oblivion while <laughs> watching that game. I'm just going to overindulge college basketball. What time does that game start? 1.30. So oh. Forget the Lions. Just forget them all together. I'm a, I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker yeah. for just terrible teams on national TV that I just yeah. watch. Uh, so I, I didn't realize that good of a college basketball game was on. I'll I definitely have to be flipping back and forth. I'm kind of in the same boat. Growing up, Thanksgiving was usually at my parents' house and uh, like, you know, folding tables in the living room type of stuff mm-hmm. with the TV on down yep. low. And so I was always watching the game while I was eating. And it was, you're funny. It's funny that it was always the tech, the, the lions game, I think was usually the 1230 game. Mm-hmm. And so that would be the game that would get the most attention because then we'd be done eating, maybe go outside and play with my cousins when I was little or fall asleep when I got a little bit older type of deal. Uh, now as an adult, we, uh, you know, traditions change and we do just aside on Thanksgiving uh, and it's usually a little later and every once in a while dinner's ready, like with two minutes to go in that first game. And so I'm like helping get stuff. If, if it's close, I'm helping get the kids drinks, <laughs> trying to watch yeah. that final drive. If I, if I have something writing on it. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, it's kind of thought the same thing. Obviously the marquee matchup is Sunday night with, or sorry, Thursday night with the Ravens at the Steelers, if the game can get played. Uh, but uh, ben asks, and I was going to ask this question anyway, Ben, which is funny you brought it up. Uh, Thanksgiving meal. What's your go-to dish that you always have to have? If you could only have, like, what's your what's your favorite part of the meal? I'll let you give, it's, it's a hard question. I'll let you give your top two. It's easy for me. Oh. oh. Anybody that knows me knows it's pumpkin pie. I always get a big thing of pumpkin pie. Um, and usually it's always one that my aunt makes. Unfortunately, I don't get to to have that this year. Um, and then I just cover it with Cool Whip, just Cool Whip on top of it. I, so I have pumpkin pie with my Cool Whip, basically. But that's what I have. And I love it every year. <laughs> like a little bit it of artificial pumpkin flavoring with just a ton of sugar and brown sugar. <laughs> yep, that's mine. That's my go-to. Since <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I guess, I guess mashed potatoes is half my plate and then i just mix it all into one big pile so i really don't have one dish as long as the mashed potatoes is the base then i can just pile everything up on top of that it doesn't really matter uh the reason i said you can give two so when we go to jess's side my go-to is her dad's homemade stuffing uh which is delicious. I think he, he's a big Alton Brown fan. And I know it's got like a, a some sort of spicy sausage in it. His, his homemade stuffing is delicious. And does, then, he have a, does he have a recipe for an oyster dressing? I'm trying to find one right now. I don't know. I'll have to ask. Thank you. Uh, but uh, and then on my mom's side, it's my grandma's recipe that my mom makes. And it's the it's her dumplings that she makes from scratch. Like I could eat those by themselves type of deal they're that good they come like in their own little like juice gravy so those would be my two my two go-tos you say that now and my my mom and my grandpa always make homemade noodles too either for Same idea. Christmas yeah, or yeah. thanksgiving um but again don't get to have those but yeah my grandpa has always made them they're so good forgot about chris, those Lindsay, Lindsay, with the Lindsay goes, chris chicken ranch wrap no tomato <laughs> hey i have right. another i have Grilled. a follow-up question 
before we get to these quarterbacks, uh, here's a question for you. Which scenario is more likely? I saw this admittedly on TV earlier today. Uh, which scenario is more likely and why? The Steelers going 16-0 and in the regular season <laughs> or the Jets going 0-16? and only the Patriots in 2007 went 16 and 0. The Dolphins in 72 and 14 or 12 and I forget. The Lions and the Browns both have gone 0 and 16. So the, the 0 and 16s happened twice. The 16 and 0s happened once. Which one is more likely to happen? I, I think looking, I'll, I'll go first. Just looking at the schedule, I think the Jets have a hard time trying to find that first win. Um, and I think when you're losing, um, it's hard to get over losing to get that first win. It's just kind of a mental thing. Oh, we're losing, we're losing. Trying to get over that hump um, as opposed to not saying it's hard to – because it's really hard to go 16-0. Obviously, we've only been done, what, once, twice, like we just said. Um, once. Well, yeah, the Miami Dolphins. Um I, I just think it's the mindset, I think, is it's harder to get out of that losing mentality, trying to get a win or just finding a win within the schedule. And, Josh, you know the schedule better than either of us for the Jets. Well, I'll tell you right now, I, I do not believe that the Steelers go 6-0. Lindsay, Lindsay and I had this conversation the other day. That I, I think that if they had a younger quarterback, maybe a, a chance. But I think that once they get things wrapped up, I know Colts fans will probably disagree with this from prior experience. But once if they get this thing wrapped up, they got an older quarterback that could use a, maybe a, an extra week of rest. And if it comes down to it, I, and I know they get the, they'll probably end up getting the buy because they're they only the game two, up on the Chiefs right is it, now. Is it one game yeah. or is it two? Yeah, the Chiefs are one. the Chiefs are eight or nine and one. Okay, I, I think that if the steel if the, if the Steelers can lock it up early they may give Ben a, a little bit more, more of a break giving some rest to him the, the Jets I I hate to go on a limb here but I think their best chance at a win might be this weekend against the Dolphins not knowing exactly I, Flores has said that two is going to regain his starting spot but I mean anything could happen there and we all know that Fitzmagic always has that one really bad game and he hasn't had it yet so let's just have it this Sunday let's get the Jets they're one win. It's all I need. Give Jacksonville a win. And then we can still get Trevor Lawrence if needed. So uh, guys, again, 16 and zero. I brought it up two weeks ago that the Steelers are a bit of fool's gold. They have like six or seven, one possession wins, which I know you guys said, well, that means they can win All I'm, all I'm saying is it opens up the chance for them to lose somewhere. And Josh, I was looking at schedules as well. Home against Miami this week. Home against – for this is for the Jets, sorry. Right, 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 yeah. 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 Home against Las Vegas, who looks pretty good. They're on a charge right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Seattle, zero chance. At Rams, zero chance. Yeah. Home against Cleveland – Cleveland's offense is bad. If the weather's bad, that could be like a six to three game Mm -hmm. at new England, uh, who actually offensively didn't do terrible at Texas or at Dallas or Houston. Sorry. Last week, but you're right at home against Miami. And I'm looking at home against Cleveland. And those are the jets two 
chances, well, they, I think. Maybe the Patriots let them win so they can't get Lawrence, and then but while Belichick's playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. Oh, let's say they let's say they have a win uh, already. The Jaguars have one win going to that last game, and Belichick, Belichick starts fin- Stidham. Finally, starts Stidham. Right? <laughs> they just don't even. That's they a, don't even. That's a Belichick to, move. Yeah, they don't even attempt to pass, and they lose three to nothing. Right. Uh, just to make sure the Jets don't get Trevor. Now, on the flip side, the Steelers. Thursday, schedule. Thursday, they're home against Baltimore, who they just beat a few weeks ago by four. They scored in the fourth quarter at Baltimore to win that game. Uh, Baltimore, still a good team, but they're not looking great right now. Then they're home against the Washington football team. That's a win. At Buffalo, at Cincinnati without Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. home against the Colts at Cleveland. Uh I think at Buffalo or home against the Colts are probably their two best chances to, to get a loss. Uh, and the tricky thing is, though, Josh, is like you mentioned, only one team gets a bye. When the Colts sat everybody and then choked away in the second round of the playoffs, uh, they had locked up home field throughout with game, with like two games to go. And, and, it the let, Chiefs, it let the, and it let the Jets in the playoffs and they ended up losing the Jets. Was that a different year? It was a different I, year. It's, okay. it's, it's just a different year that, that the Colts disappointed us. Uh, but but with only one buy, with only one buy, if if the seventh seed is the Titans or the Colts, you've got to play week 17 to try to get home field and get that buy. You cannot risk sitting Big Ben and not getting a week off in the playoffs. No, I said if they had everything wrapped up, yeah. they would and with, sit. I don't oh, think they would yeah. ever sit, Ben. Right. And I think it's going to come down to week – if they don't lose ahead of time, it's going to come to week 17 uh, because I don't know if the Chiefs will lose again either. And, uh, yes, Lindsay, Baltimore does look terrible right now, but their losses are to teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So they kind of got a little bit of that Jim Harbaugh, Michi- Jim Harbaugh Michigan vibe with John Harbaugh. They beat the bad teams and lose to the good teams, except for this year. <laughs> But uh, so, no, yeah, I'm going to go more likely Jets go 0 and 16 versus Baltimore going 16 and 0 just because it's hard to do. And it's only been done once. Um, Guys, I I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't want to rush through our quarterbacks under 25. I've got it all set up. I've got it all set up. I've got all the questions ready to go. And the questions don't change between now and two weeks from now. So I think for, I think we're going to, we're going to start our next show with, with the 25 and under club in the NFL, right? You guys still don't exactly know what's coming. So it doesn't hurt Mm -hmm. anything. I think the smartest thing to do is start with that. And let's wrap up NFL real quick, just real quick, because I do have one final question for you guys about the NBA. Let's wrap up NFL real quick. Uh, just real quick, who are your top three teams in the NFC three to one? Rams, Packers, Saints. Oh, boom. No, no oh. explanation, just Rams, Mike Packers, Trump. Saints. The Packers just lost. They did. Yes, they did. And the Saints have lost Drew Brees for God knows how long. Yeah, but I know. Still, yeah. still got them up there. Saints are, I think, are on a what seven-game win streak, though, aren't they? Oh, well, who do you got as your top three, Chris? Three to one. For the NFC, we'll go, we'll go Saints, Rams, and then Green Bay. 
So Green Bay's your number one. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, my number one. Sorry, I went opposite order. Going three, two, one. Three will this, be. This is your first show. Apparently, <laughs> uh, three is Packers, two uh, Rams, and uh, one the Saints. I'm a little surprised you guys left the Seahawks out of this. I'm going to put the Rams at three, the Seahawks at two, and the Saints at one. Uh, Rams are playing great. Saints are playing great. And I know they don't have Drew Brees. But the Seahawks have made some changes, right? Their defense was getting all the criticism. And they just held Arizona to their fewest yards in a, in a game this season. They held Kyler Murray in check. They won the game. And with Carlos Dunlap coming over from Cincinnati, he hated Cincinnati. Reports out of Cincinnati is everybody hates the coach and wants to get out of there. He looks motivated. And Jamal Adams, is that his first name? Mm -hmm. Jamal Adams is back. And if he's healthy, the defense just looks different. And so after the, the defensive showing against Arizona, I think we all got off of uh, liking Seattle a little too quickly because their defense was playing so bad. I'm going to leave Seattle at number two uh, in my top three in the NFC. What about the AFC, guys? I, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a combination of one and two. Who's your third best team in the AFC? Go, go three, three, two, one. Josh, you want me to go first or you go first? Raiders, Chiefs, Steelers. I'm ready to go. I'm telling you what. Gruden's got him playing well right now. And it really it does. Not be, it, it's not pretty football. Don't get me wrong. It's not pretty at all. But it's mm -hmm. winning football, and it's working. And, I mean, they took – they beat the Chiefs earlier this year. They took them to the wire this, this week. So, I'm not going to fault them for losing this week. But they're playing good football. So, I'm going to – even on a loss, I put the I, – I knocked the, the Packers down a spot for losing. I'm going to move the Raiders up a spot for losing. It's your list. Makes no sense. There's no, no rhyme. There's no rhyme or reason. And because you were talking about who won versus who's lost lately, the Colts have just been on a tear right now. They beat Tennessee at Tennessee. Then they just knocked off the Packers at home in a game that they shouldn't have even went to overtime. But that's another topic. Um, and then at two, um, I'm going to go uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then uh, Steelers, number one, just because they're undefeated. Rightfully so, number one. Agree to disagree. Colts are the third best team in the AFC right now. The Steelers, despite being undefeated, are the second best team in the AFC. And the fighting Patrick Mahomeses are the best team in the AFC. Um, they win ugly. They win nice. Uh, I just I, – I've given up trying to – to put somebody else ahead of them, the Chiefs are going to be my number one until they lose in the playoffs, unless Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, heaven forbid. See, I'm going to leave the Steelers number one until they lose a game, period. That, that's where I'm at. Yeah. That's where I'm at, too. That, makes, that, might, make, that <laughs> might make a little bit more sense, but it is what it is. All right. Hey, our parting question. NBA offseason is shortened. We had the draft. We didn't know anybody's name. Who cares? Some of the young guys are getting max extensions to stay where they are. Uh, and I just want to ask you guys this. Four guys, uh, five guys technically, five, five kind of young guys have signed the max over the last couple of days. Brandon Ingram with the Pelicans. 
uh, Div- Mitchell, what's his first name? Donovan Mitchell. Donovan. Donovan Mitchell with the Jazz. Bam. Adebayo. Adebayo with the Heat. Chris Jason, is corrected. It's not how to say words. This Jason is- Tatum with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And De'Aaron Fox with the Sacramento Kings. Those young guys have all signed the five-year up to, depending on incentives, up to $190 million extension. Which one's the biggest deal? I, they're all the same money, I know. Which okay. one's the biggest deal? Which one's the biggest deal for the NBA? Oh, for the NBA, not necessarily their team? All of the above. Their team, I mean, it's important. I think it's, I think it's important for all of their teams to lock up young talent. So Sure. But I mean, I mean, you could you could say Tatum because he's probably the best of those players. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mitchell, only be, only because I mean he is Utah. I mean they drafted him. He's there. He signed the max deal. So the only way they're getting rid of him is if they trade him over the next five years. I mean he's a a great player. And so I mean, you've always talked about having the cap or not the cap, but the um, franchise tag. Franchise tag. Thank you. I mm-hmm. lost the train of thought there. But this locks up him, and he's a a, a player they drafted. This so he is should staying home mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a sense. In, in a non-traditional location as well. Right. right. Uh, it, it a should smaller keep, market. It should mm-hmm. keep him there through his through the first the bulk of his prime, theoretically. So yeah. I, I would I would say that Donovan Mitchell is the biggest signing. When you, we were talking about this and I was writing down the names, Mitchell was uh, the person that I thought as well. Um, he, he played great during the, the postseason, during the playoffs. And again, it's a young guy. You're keeping him there. You got some a little bit of a core to build around now. Um, the one that I just thought was surprising was, uh, was Bam down in Miami, um, only because you, you're trying to go for Giannis um Giannis I always say Giannis that's my thing I do it uh you go for Giannis you're trying to go for Giannis I don't know are you going to have enough money for all these max players I I think you can have up to three but then what do you do with the rest of your your squad so that was the biggest head scratcher for me but I'll go Donovan Mitchell as the best of the five signings yeah I mean De'Aaron Fox and Sacramento is kind of along the same lines. You're the no-name mm-hmm. franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't had as much success as Donovan Mitchell, but he's yeah. a year younger as well. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go Mitchell because I've been harping on the franchise as it is. The BAM, the BAM signing with Miami, Chris, you hit it. It takes them out of the Giannis running mm-hmm. as of right now. The way that the salary cap is structured and the way that the contracts are already there – it doesn't look like Miami has the pieces to move around right. to have space for Giannis to come in. I thought the whole point for the heat was to try to get Giannis to come there next year, signing Bam to the max pretty much closes the door on Giannis going to Miami. That's why that's my answer for right now. I'm assuming that, that Miami did that deal with Bam because they assumed that Giannis was going to sign their supermax deal with Milwaukee because of all the Probably. pieces that Milwaukee because I mean Milwaukee's not making all these side moves without mm-hmm. Giannis saying hey are you going to sign this and he's over in Greece right now and my and all the word is as soon as he comes back to the United States he's signing that deal so 
So I, I, I see why you would assume that that's a bad deal for Miami signing Bam. But I, my assumption is they already had known that Giannis, Giannis was going to stay in Milwaukee, so was not going to come. But they could have taken sense. a chance and restricted sure. him. You know, Bam. Sure, but then you lose a chance on Bam leaving too. True, true. No, yeah, yeah I agree. Hey, good call on that. That's inside information. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know Giannis was in mm-hmm. Greece. Well, and on that, guys, hey, our time is up here on our Tuesday edition of Agree to Disagree. But you can check our Facebook page tomorrow because we will give you our uh, just stone cold can't miss locks after the travesty that was last week. Thanks for tuning in to Agree to Disagree. Good night, everybody.